Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sane, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best lives every day. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Brunch and Slay podcast. I am your host, founder of BAS Media, Amira Sane, and the creator of Brunch and Slay, which is a lifestyle brand created to make connections you crave, experiences you love, and content that inspires you to live your best life, no matter what, unapologetically, every day, all day every day. (laughs) So thank you for joining us for the show. I love connecting you guys with amazing people who are out there creating their own space. And today we are in for a treat. You guys, every week you hear me talk to different folks and most of the time it's women, but guess what? Today we have our own, very own male on the show. This is the second guy. So he is amazing already because he knew about Brunch and Slay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, Adam, I do not want to butcher your last name. So before I introduce him, I want you guys to know that he is an author. And what I really like about him being a creative is that he writes historical novels so and historical fiction. So I know that you are going to really enjoy hearing about him and his journey. Adam, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks so much. And God, that's an introduction. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, tell everybody how to say your last name because I do not want to butcher it. Yeah, it's pronounced Decolibus. Decolibus. All right. So, Adam, uh, yeah. you are a writer. How did you even hear about Brunch and Slay? We got to start off there. Tell us about that. You know what? Um, I, I got your podcast name from a friend of mine. Uh, she said that she's been listening to your podcast for a while. And uh, when I told her I was looking for, a, for an interesting podcast to reach out to, she said, you know what? You should try. Uh, you should try uh, emailing this podcast. I'm. I'm sure they would be a good fit. So I took her advice and I reached out. Well, thank you, friend, whoever you are, and thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, when I when I got a note from from Adam, I thought, how cool is this? Let me just take my time and read it because I, you know, people reach out for the show and. Thank God for that. I really enjoy it, but I'm always receptive when it's something new and something different. So thank you for not being shy about reaching out to Brunch and Slay. Oh yeah. Well, how, how can I be shy when you have a, a, such an attractive podcast? It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the name of your new book is Caravan. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. All right. So he is now, he's no stranger to writing and I want you to dive right on in. Tell us all about the book. And what gave you the idea for this particular background in this part of history to highlight? So let's jump right in. Wow. All right. Uh, so we got a lot to unpack. Um, well, growing up, uh, I've always loved two things. I always loved storytelling, whether that was movies or, or books. I was a, a avid movie watcher and an avid uh, book reader growing up. And I always loved uh, history. That was one of the things that just captivated me because if you really look at history um, outside of the context of education, like memorizing dates and names and places, history is freaking crazy. If you think about what happened. Um, And I love, I love imagining uh, 
the not so much the stories of the people that we all know about, whether it's uh, uh, you know incredibly influential people like Martin Luther King or or Kennedy or Julius Caesar or a lot of these historical figures. I like to know about the people. Okay, who made their breakfast or who took care of their car or who is their mechanic? I like to know those sorts of things because somebody actually did that. Somebody knew them at a level that would never make it into the history books. Uh, and and in storytelling, I think that when you combine those two elements, sort of the unknown aspect of history uh, combined with fiction, you can, in some ironic way, you can use fiction to fill out the past uh, because pretty much everything that's ever happened under the sun is is happened in history. So story was a way for me to uh, learn more about the world, uh, learn, learn more about history and about myself. And uh, that's how I got into it, to, to be completely frank. Um, so Caravan, uh, it covers the story of a man from England who uh, just a, a few years after the First World War ends, he takes his journey across the Saharan desert to photograph the people, the culture in the desert, because a magazine hired him to do it. He was, uh, he was a, a war a photographer and a journalist during the war. And uh, when he returned, he, he uh, got a job as a baby photographer. And he thought, screw it, I want to go see the world. I want to uh, uh, learn more about life. And so he, he reached out, <laughs> almost in a way I did, he reached out to this magazine and they sent him out uh, to, to the Sahara. And the story really covers his journey of putting himself uh, back together after the events of the First World War. Um, and in the story, I don't, I don't go into uh, any of the battles of the First World War because it, it, happens in, it happens afterwards, but I wanted to focus on sort of the, cl the clouds of dust that were raised by the First World War and the effect that it had on the world. Um, and it truly was a world war. It, it impacted uh, every single continent and millions and millions of people in ways that uh, I don't think we'll ever really understand no matter how close we get. And that's, uh, that's a time period that I'm really fascinated with because that was when we saw uh, what, what the good of our society, the ingenuity, the sciences, uh, our ability to manufacture things at an unseen rate when that gets turned towards um, towards a malicious intent like warfare. And uh, that was one of the things I wanted to capture is just the, the grandiosity of the First World War and the impact it had. Uh, but that, that was one of the aspects. And, and some of the themes of the story, um, the story is essentially about freedom. Uh, it's about freedom and about realizing that, uh, you know, objectively there is no uh, constraints on what we can do in our lives as well as uh, it focuses a little bit on authority uh, focuses on uh, just the largeness of life how no matter where you go you can find evil where there would be good and you can find some good where there would be evil and those two uh, uh, not to get not to get too deep into <laughs> eastern philosophy or anything like that but it's sort of like the yin and yang Right, no matter where you go, you're going to find both of those. So the story it focuses a lot about freedom, adventure. Uh, there's mystery and action, um, and, it, and it encapsulates a lot of those things. 
Wow. So that's, that's a mouthful. And, and let's talk about the research because, you know, I think those are some of the best fictions when they have nuggets from history and you want to stop reading and go look up something. <laughs> you want to go, oh, what, what happened? What was this person's name? Is this a real person or is this a character? Let's right. talk about that process. What is your research process like? Okay, so uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you. With this first novel, I made a slight blunder in doing little to no research. Um, and I know it's just, I, I, the, okay, I, I might've overstepped, uh, when I said I did no research, I, I've <laughs> always been, very, I've always been very interested in that time period and in history. So I knew, um, I already knew a lot. It's not, I didn't go into it com- absolutely blind, but I knew a lot about that era. And, uh, I knew that a lot of fighting had happened in the Middle East, uh, with Florence of Arabia and, and the Arabs versus the Turks and the British and the, the Sykes-Picot agreement. I knew a lot about that, um, uh, beforehand, but I didn't do any specific research, uh, beforehand. Uh, and looking back on it, I know that when I, when I write my next novel, which I'm, I'm pretty sure is going to be another historical novel, uh, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to go a lot deeper with the research, but, uh, one of the main sources that I went to in in learning about the impact of the First World War, because I focused a lot of of energy and focus in creating um, in creating in creating this uh, uh, like the war is looming in the background instead of at the forefront of the of, of the mind. I listened to this excellent excellent series of podcasts uh, by Dan Carlin. Um, it's called, uh, blueprint for Armageddon. Absolutely brilliant. And whoa, that's a heavy name. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it's a, it's a heavy podcast because I think that especially now in today's, uh, uh, day and age, we look back at the first world war and we, you know, usually the first images that come to mind is like some shaky, uh, grainy footage of guys, you know, kind of running out in the field and, and stuff like that. But the way he goes into it, you realize just how how quickly things had changed, how quickly they had escalated, um, and and also he focuses on the politics, how uh, the U.S. got involved in the war, and how uh, you know the war got spread to uh, the Middle East. And I, I took a lot of inspiration from that, but uh, in the within the novel itself, there's no. Um, there's no references to uh, names or, or dates or, or places. Wow. Okay. So now as a creative and to, to, to crank out a whole novel, I'm sure you have to have some time. What's your process like? Do you give yourself deadlines? That's, I'm always interested to know what the process is like from start to finish as far as getting enough done in a timely amount. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the process that I went into for this one was I, I wrote my very first draft by hand. Um, and I wrote five to 10 pages every day. Uh, and by the time I was done, it was about 420 pages. And at that time I was, I had, um, I was, I was working a part-time job so I could kind of, I could, I could fit in the time. But by the time I was done uh, with that first draft, I had written at any time of any time of the day or night. So whether it was two in the morning or two p.m. or anywhere in between, I'd written because uh, uh, it was just a necessity necessity for me to get it in. Um, but on the second draft, when I rewrote it on the computer, I took a much more organized um, 
I took a much more uh, organized approach at it. And what I did is I set a word count for myself um, because I knew that I could always go back. And if there was something that wasn't good enough, I could just, I could take it out and it would be better to uh, put more than I needed in than less. So I, I put in a word count um, and I would usually write for, oh gosh, uh, three to four hours every day. Um, and I did that for about a year. Wow. And, and where's your creative zone? Is there a special place you like to go to write? Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I mainly just write uh, where I live. I, I have my desk and I have um, uh, this room where I go in and uh, the desk face, faces the wall and it's just really uh, focused. But um, yeah, I just go in there. I uh, put on some music. Uh, that will usually I put on some music other days. It, it has the opposite effect of what I want, but uh, I put on some music and I focus on what I just written, what I want to write for the day. And I figure out a way to make it happen. And uh, I wrote surprisingly with this, po- uh, excuse me, I was going to say with this podcast, with this novel, um, I, I didn't outline, I didn't outline, excuse me. I didn't outline anything. Um, I just, I did what uh, we call in the writing industry. I, I pantsed it, which means I, fl- I flew by the seat of my pants. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, the novel took me to places uh, that I never thought I'd go creatively. And I, I hope that uh, the readers feel the same way when they get a hold of it. This episode was produced and edited by S1G1 Productions. There's a place that shines a light on women who operate in excellence, a place that creates experiences for women and partners with entrepreneurs and businesses and brands who value your dollars. That place is brunchandslay.com. It's experiences you love, connections you crave, and content that inspires. Brunchandslay.com. We're building something. And now back to Brunch and Slay. I'm sure they will. I mean, so let's talk about the release and where people can find it. Yeah. So it's going to be, excuse me, (laughs) it's going to be releasing here in a couple weeks. Um, You're going to be able to find it on Amazon and anywhere you can go to a bookstore, you'll be able to get it. But best place to get it right now is going to be on Amazon uh, as far as the date goes, uh, we don't have an exact date locked down because we're working on just a couple things, but within, within the next couple weeks is when you'll be able to get it, uh, Amazon and anywhere. Cool. So, okay, guys, you know that we got to support him because he believes in the Brunch and Slate podcast. And this book is going to be amazing. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Uh, I love to read. You guys know that I got summer is coming. I'm looking for some great beach reads. I want to know the story of this guy. I got to know about Caravan. But I want to know more about Adam. Okay, so you like to travel. Yes, I love I love traveling. Yes, that's an understatement. You've been to 17 countries. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so I want you to answer this. What was the last country you went to? I last country I went to was Russia. Ah, and how long did you spend there? Uh, one month. Whoa. Okay. And what was the first country outside of you know the U.S. that you were you ever visited? I think I was. I I went with my parents when I was really young. Um, I'm not sure, but I'm. I think it might have been Mexico. Uh, I live on the I live on the West Coast, so it was it was pretty close. And then, what's your favorite country to visit? Ooh, 
I, I'm going to have to go with Russia. Okay, so you got to tell us more because I'm sure most of the folks <laughs> have never been to Russia. What do you love about it? What made you decide to spend a whole month there? Um, well, uh, I, I traveled there uh, for personal reasons. I, I have uh, some family that lives over there, and it just started as a way for me to go and visit them. Uh, but the more uh, – it took me a couple times to go before I realized just how – beautiful of a country it is um and it has a lot of it has a lot of history behind it um i think that in the states it's hard you can go to a couple places where you look at a building and you can think okay this building is 300 years old 400 years old maybe and that's about as far back as um some of the historical monuments go when you go back to russia there are cities that are 2000 years old or there are places that are you know, been around since since the 1300s, and they look exactly like they were. And and being a history nut, this is just paradise for me. But um, uh, as far as Russia goes, I really I really like the culture. They're a very um, they're a very transparent people. I love their um, the the way they I don't know the way they just go about their daily lives. They're very kind to people. They're very hospitable. Um, but at the same time, they're not—they're uh, not fake about anything. So that—that that hospitality really, um, really comes across as very sincere. Uh, their culture as well. As well, um, their food is just oh, oh my god! Their food is just to die for. Uh, uh, they have this Georgian pizza, which is just uh, probably. I, if I had to be really honest with myself, it's probably the reason why I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh um no i just love i just love it um i've had the i had the what do you call it i was fortunate enough to be there uh in the winter time uh in the dead of winter and the city just transforms uh and within within a week it goes from a regular a regular looking city to there's literal mountains of snow covering the street and they have to have bulldozers that clear it and it's just it's a completely different experience um, being over there. And I just love it. So what's your favorite time in history? Ooh, I, huh, that's a really good, really, really good question. I'd say it would be, I, I really like the 30s and 40s. Um, I, the reason why I like that time period is because uh, the people because of the people that inhabit that time period. We have everybody from uh, gangsters like Al Capone to uh, uh, all these really interesting characters who were who fought in the Second World War. Some of them who fought in the First World War. And I've always been fascinated by the idea of. I, I like to watch a lot of documentaries, um, and anytime I see a film where there's people just wa walking or there's a street and there's cars driving back and forth. I like to imagine, um, like I like to single in on a single person and think, I wonder what that person liked to do for fun. You know, who is that person? And, and where did, you know, what, what were their interests? Um, and I, I would have loved to hear the stories. So I really liked the thirties and forties because um, I believe that that was a generation that had seen um, a lot of, a lot of incredibly diff difficult things. And yet they were able to 
uh, push through it and uh, make the most of it. So in a way, there's a slight inspiration because they'd seen the First World War, they'd seen the Depression, they'd seen World War II with Hitler and Stalin, and yet they were able to uh, just be these absolutely beautiful people. As a writer, I'm sure you have dreams. Are you one of those writers who wants your move, your your book to turn into a movie or TV show, or would you be appalled if that were to happen? I would be absolutely thrilled if uh, it got turned into a book or a TV show because I'm a very visual person, um, and I would love to see my stories come to life, and I would love to see that happen. I think that would be really, really interesting. Oh, in Caravan, your, 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 your lead. Who in your mind would be the best person to play the role of your lead? Hmm. Um, okay, so I do have a person in mind, but does it have to be anybody contemporary or could we pick uh, actors from, from history? You can pick whatever you want. Okay, okay, awesome. Uh, well, the, the person um, I would choose for William would have to be Peter O'Toole. Uh, uh, specifically yeah yeah peter o'toole i would say would be the lead um for william and believe it or not uh, i and the reason why i chose him is because a big inspiration for the whole aesthetic of the book and even the partially the time period was the book excuse me was the movie lawrence of arabia the 19 uh, the 1962 film and Peter O'Toole stars in that film, and it's just a brilliant movie. It's it's about three and a half hours long, so if you got it, if you haven't used it to yourself, <laughs> that's okay. Um, <laughs> and if you love sweeping shots of the desert, then this is for you. But uh, uh, I loved his performance of it. I love the nuances of his character, the way that he's this very well-read guy. Um, I, I'm talking about Lawrence of Arabia, but the way that Peter O'Toole conveys his character, uh, he's this very well-read guy uh, who at the same time was naive to the way he was being manipulated by the generals uh, fighting the Turks. I just, it was brilliant. So I would have to choose, um, have to choose Peter O'Toole. All right. So I want to ask you a couple of questions and I want basically I'm going to ask, give you a statement. And I want you to finish it. Okay. And I want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The word no will never. Stop me. Oh, yes. He means that, y'all. He said that so fast. I know you <laughs> mean it. <laughs> I'm happiest when. I'm working hard. I surprised myself. By my creativity. Oh, I love it. He's in the zone. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. He's in the zone. So... One of the things that we really feel is important here at Brunch and Slay is to always pour back into people who pour into us. And today you've shared your story, your journey, your love, and your passion. You've been vulnerable with us about your baby that's about to come out. And I want to know what good vibes and prayers can we send your way to help you along your journey as you move forward to try to accomplish your goals? Wow. That is, that is very generous. Thank you so much. Um, I would say, you know, if you, if you love to read, definitely pick up a copy. Um, and also I'll, I'll, I'll shoot out my email address. Um, you know, I'll just say it's, uh, my first name and my last name, no capitals at gmail.com. If you like to get a signed copy of the book, uh, email me there and, uh, just give me your address or I'll send it to you personally. Um, 
that would be the uh, only mission statement <laughs> I think I would have. But uh, yeah, that's very generous. If you love to read, if you love uh, historical fiction, if you love stories that can communicate the whole spectrum of, of what it means to be human and uh, finding yourself, uh, be sure to pick up a copy. I, I think you'll enjoy it. And that's awesome. So this Saturday, you can brunch with anyone in the world, dead or alive, and it can be more than one person. Hmm. Who are you brunching with? Hmm. I would probably choose. I would probably choose Paolo Coelho. Um, he's the author of The Alchemist, uh, which is one of the one of the greatest books I've ever read. That book had a lot of influence me. Uh, excuse me. That book had a lot of influence on me creatively and personally. Um, I would love to hear how how he wrote that book. And oddly enough, that book, uh, which I believe it's like only only third place down in front of a uh, uh, number of sales from the Bible. It's like it sold a ton. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear how he uh, persisted when it flopped because uh, the very first draft he put out um, I think it only sold 500 copies in the first year. Uh, and it was sold uh, by a big uh, publisher down in Brazil. And then he, I believe he uh, revamped it and put it back out. And then it just sold like wildfire. And I would have loved to hear his success story as well as uh, what was going through his head during the whole process. Yeah, that's a great book. If you haven't read it, it's a quick read. It's so easy. They even have it on Audible. So that's that's definitely one I recommend that everybody should have in their oh, library, yeah. period. Yes. Yeah. That's a great book. So the, uh, what area of your life are you personally slaying right now? Ooh, uh, a little bit of everything, to be honest. Hey! <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, would, I would probably say uh, organization uh, with my tasks as well as fitness. Um, yeah, I'd say those are two things I'm, I'm slaying. <laughs> I like the way you put that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So where can people find you? How can they support you? You can find me at Adam DeColibus on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. But Instagram would be the best, face to, uh, excuse me, best place to find me. Uh, if you want to support what I'm doing, um, I've got a blog called Third Lion is in the Animal Stories.com. Uh, me and a couple authors who I trust, we put on uh, some good stories for you. We put up short fiction of all sorts of genres. Um, I usually take care of the mystery and historical um, genres, and I've got guys who do uh, surrealist and uh, horror and um, uh, poetry as well. So thirdlionstories.com, uh, it's a short fiction blog that we got. Love it. So... Man, I want to thank you so much, Adam. And let me spell your last name. You spell your last name for folks because I know some of them are going to be like, okay, great. I want to follow him, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure thing, sure thing. Um, it's spelled D-E-C-O-L-L-I-B as in boy, U-S. Yes. And I will put it in the show notes. And of course, when this podcast comes out, you guys can just look in our feed and you will see where you can follow him. I always say, if you enjoy the show, go ahead and follow the person who's been on our show. Give their timeline, 30, give them 30 days in your timeline. And I'm sure that you will enjoy it because we only accept positive vibes on the Brunch and Slay platform. And I know you want positive free thinkers in your timeline. So go ahead and follow Adam and give his book a chance. Head on over to Amazon and get it. There's so much great 
uniqueness um, here. And I enjoy and I feel completely blessed to be able to connect with it on a daily basis. So thank you, Adam, for uh, going out of your way to reach out and to be a guest on the show. Thank you for being the second guy on the Brunch and Slay <laughs> podcast. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, Amira. This means, um, this means a lot to me. I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. Oh, you're so welcome. And guys, you know that I am a believer in doing great and pushing good vibes forward. So I'm hoping that you guys have an amazing rest of your week. I hope those of you who are writers who are sitting on that idea have got some inspiration from this. And those of you who love reading great books, I hope that you know what your next read is going to be. I can't thank you enough for your support. If you are new to the show, then go ahead and share some love. Put your thoughts in our timeline on Instagram or Facebook on what you thought of today's show. We appreciate you and no matter what I want you to always remember and in this week we're going to change it up a little bit if he can I can we all can so I am Amira and this is Brunch and Slay have a fantastic week